Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirstie. What do you think about just winging today's intro? I'm not (laughs) sure that's such a great plan. I mean, even if our book is Winged Wonders, Solving the Monarch Migration Mystery, written by Meeg Pincus and illustrated by Yaz Imamura, this book tells the story about how the people who lived in southern Canada through the middle of the United States and all the way to central Mexico observed a wondrous phenomenon the like clockwork appearance of swarms of monarch butterflies. This annual arrival and departure made people wonder, where do they go? In 1976, the answer was revealed. Winged Wonders takes us on a journey to discover who found the answer. What I love about this book so much is the unique structure. I do too. And part of that structure is all of the questions that Meeg sprinkles throughout the story. No wonder it's flying off the shelves. (laughs) No wonder. (laughs) We're so excited to talk with Meeg and Sarah Rocket, her editor at Sleeping Bear Press, who helped with the metamorphosis of this story. Let's talk. Meeg, we know you love to write what you call solutionary stories. Can you tell us what solutionary stories are and what inspired you to write this book? Yes. Well, solutionary is a term that comes from the field of humane education, which is the subfield of education that's teaching about caring for people, animals, and the planet. So I have worked in some capacity as a humane educator and I love the term solutionary. And in that work, combined with my writing work, I just launched into nonfiction picture books, thinking that what I wanted to write was stories about solutionaries who help people, animals, and the planet. So that was my motivation going in. And this particular story, we had all just said a minute ago, maybe before the recording started, (laughs) that as I've always loved butterflies, I've always been enchanted by butterflies. And even my first piece of writing that I submitted for publication when I was a teenager, I was just remembering this the other day, was a story about a girl who wanted to go to this place where she could be surrounded by butterflies. Now, that never got published. (laughs) (laughs) But fast forward 25 years, and I was with my children at San Diego's IMAX theater. And we have this amazing domed IMAX theater. So you are surrounded by the film. And there was a film there about finding the roosting place of the monarch butterflies. And so in this theater, I'm with my young kids and I'm surrounded by monarchs as if I was in this scene that I had written as a teenager. And wow, I was just speechless. I was crying and my kids were like, what's wrong? <laughs> I mean, just, you know, it just touched me so deeply and it just sparked this sense of wonder and So I took them back two more times over the next few months to see this movie again. 
And I got super curious and I started asking the questions that I know to ask. My kind of academic training had me ask, let me find out what's not being said in the story and what voices aren't being heard and who else is behind this. And I just got super curious and just dove into researching the people behind the monarch butterfly migration. And that's sort of how the story started. Wow. That's a wonderful story. I love it. I love that. (laughs) So Sarah, what inspired you to acquire this book? We're always on the lookout at Seeking Bear Press for stories that we know told in totally different ways or little known stories about great innovators or wonderful characters throughout history. So I think this one, it just ticked so many boxes of things that we're looking for. You know, it has almost like a very classic children's book story. You know, you kind of follow this track through and, you know, this person helps and this person helps. And then you you get to the end and you finally answer the question that was asked in the beginning. So it had that aspect. And then it also had this great STEM, STEAM concept in it. It had a great aspect of amplifying voices that hadn't been heard in the past. It had wonderful elements of citizen scientists, you know, getting everybody involved, children helping, and, you know, people from all around the country. There was, you know, this idea of cooperation across state and country lines that we love. And then there was the idea of innovation as well. The idea that the one scientist finally was able to tag the butterflies with a shopping sticker. That is, it's amazing. And I think it's just a cool (laughs) idea of solving a problem. So it just had all these wonderful things in this really tight, wonderful package. And it feels concise and flows. And obviously when monarchs are your subject and particularly that roosting place, I mean, what great potential for illustrations. So this one was a super easy acquisition for us. We were thrilled (laughs) to get it. It was an easy yes, for sure. Um, So we've loved working on it. That's nice for an author to hear, an easy yes. (laughs) We would like to get a look into your process of choosing an illustrator. You know, the illustrator search is, again, the collaborative effort. I I don't know if I'm ashamed to say or or what, but a lot of my illustrator finds comes through Instagram. I follow a lot of Instagram illustrator accounts. That's and, great. Um, I think that's wonderful. Because it can kind of, it puts things in the back of my head and I, I know to go back to different accounts and kind of look at it when I'm looking for an illustrator for books. And then I work a lot with our art director who she is very familiar with all of our different agencies that we work with. And I may send her six illustrators that I love the style of, and she's able to say, this illustrator is available. She works with an agency we know. She's in the United States. Let's reach out to her. I like to talk to my my authors sort of before that process begins and just find out what vision they have for the book. You guys have always been kind of right on the same page with with illustrators or styles, um, which has been really nice. So it's pretty, it's a collaborative effort, but we knew this one, we wanted it to be really colorful. We wanted it to be really on trend because we felt really strongly that it should be a a school and trade crossover book. So we wanted to make sure that it was going to look really beautiful on the shelves of the indie bookstores. It it turned out really beautiful. Yaz's work is just, it's outstanding. I know, Meg, you've put in so much work to this because you and I were in a class together, a nonfiction class together. And so I remember seeing a very early version of this story. And if I'm not mistaken, it was focused more on just one person. I think. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about your writing process a little bit. 
Yes, it was originally, I wrote it as more of a traditional picture book biography about one person who had been little known in the story, that kind of marginalized voice in the story. And that was the manuscript that Sarah first was set to acquire. And we ended up running into a roadblock with that person, which anyone in the nonfiction genre knows is a risk of our genre and had to make a really tough decision to pull that story, which was honestly pretty heartbreaking. Oh, that's tough. I can't even imagine. I can now thank Sarah publicly because she was so encouraging. And she said, look, just put it on the shelf and I'm sure you'll find another way to tell it. Just let it be and, and you'll be able to rewrite it. And then many months later, I had one of those sort of shower epiphanies. Yes. <laughs> and I realized in the shower, actually, this is not a single person story. It's a collective story. That's actually what this story is. My mind started going, it's cross country. It's three countries. It's three different kinds of places and these different roles. And that's actually what the story is. And I just started, finally, like the light went on again and I, it just flowed and it poured out. I literally, I think I wrote it with wet hair, the first draft. <laughs> wow. It flowed out in questions and I, I wasn't even totally intentional, but I realized that that's what the story was. It was these questions, this mystery, and it just, it really came out pretty similar to what it is now. That's one of my favorite parts of the story is the questions. It, it makes it unique and beautiful. You did a great job. So Sarah, we want to get your side of this story. Can you give us a look into your editing process? We didn't do a ton of work after it had come in. I think we did a little bit of tightening up. We did some logistical edits, just making sure that it was always, I mean, there's so much information, right? Like, and to get it down to 32 pages, usually it involves lots of cuts. My job is making lots of cuts. This one didn't need a ton of cut. I think that the way that me had told it was really concise and lyrical and lovely. The editing process for this was mostly just kind of tightening up a little bit, cleaning it up and making sure that kids who were reading it or encountering the story for the very first time, you know, they could understand what was happening. You know, me and I had read the story a million times and sometimes you forget that people are going to be encountering the story for the first time. So that was, you know, really my role with this one. It was, it was an easy one. So I have to say, I read it with my 10 year old and he was so interested in the answers to the questions. And he kept guessing, was it this person? Was it this person? So your questions really worked. He was absolutely mesmerized and curious and he wanted to read and learn more. Now that the book is complete and it's out in the world, what are you hoping that readers will feel or I guess learn besides maybe the obvious about the monarchs when they read your book, Meek? I love hearing what Kirsty just said because curiosity is, I think, what I hope kids feel. They, they feel that curiosity to ask questions and unravel mysteries and, you know, ask questions about the world and about wildlife and, you know, that sense of wonder. I hope they feel that and I hope they feel inspired to take action. We really wanted to sort of leave it with sort of an open-ended call to action and there's some action items in the back matter that were really important to, to me and to us that we had in there so that they could take a next step. And also what I hope they learn is that any change or any discovery or any Thing, um, any accomplishment takes more than one person. 
you know, that they can see, oh, there's all these people and there's all these ways that different people that I can contribute to something and that it, it may take a while and it takes a lot of people, but that's how things change. That's such a good message. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? What Meek said, I completely agree with. You know, we hope that kids read this book and their curiosity is piqued and they want to learn more and they want to, um, you know, do what they can to help the monarchs and the environment and animals in general. We hope that it kind of just lights a little fire in them to learn more about those, those sorts of things. I also, with all our picture books, you know, it's such a great way to teach kids empathy. So you want them to, you know, they have all of these different people that they're seeing. And, you know, it's just a little slice of life of all these different people. And I think it's just a great way to open their horizons and kind of see things from different perspectives. And this book is great because it has so many different perspectives. Strader did such a wonderful job too of being really inclusive in her illustrations when we weren't talking about specific people. So, you know, I hope that kids are inspired. It makes them curious and sort of teaches them to see the world through different lens. A big thank you to Meeg Pincus and Sarah Rocket for joining us today and giving us a look into their creative process for Winged Wonders, Solving the Monarch Migration Mystery. Check out the show notes to learn more about Meeg and the other fabulous books she has coming your way. And remember, if you have a picture book you love and you think we might love it too, send us an email at picturebooklook2 at gmail.com. That's picturebooklook and the number two at gmail.com. Happy looking! looking.